Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. Thanks for joining me again today. I have been busy with emails from people all over the country, actually even one from the Philippines. Thank you very much. (laughs) That was fun. I'm assuming someone is in the military. Anyway, I've been having a lot of fun with this show and getting emails from people and comments and thanking me for for having the show. Like I said, I I didn't realize that it was going to end up being so important to so many people. (laughs) So suddenly I feel like there's like this great responsibility and that kind of stifle a person. So since we've been talking about food, my trip to Australia and all the different kinds of food that they don't put additives in there and then we come back to the states and there's additives in everything that we eat even if we're trying to eat organic you know there's there's still the packaging and you know the longevity that it's dead food so often even though it is organic and so we're not getting the kinds of enzymes and things that we need in our food here in America so how do we how do we stop all of that how do we back up and learn how to eat properly so that we can digest our foods the way we're supposed to. I have people coming into the store and they invariably will say, do you have anything to help with my digestion? I'm either gluten intolerant or I have celiac or colitis or I just have gas and lots of rumbling or I'm constipated or I have diarrhea or just all of these things people will say to me and I just look at them. (laughs) You know, aside of sitting down to take their case you know, I can, I can make small suggestions as to a very common remedy that might be very helpful with digestion, like Nux Vomica or Lycopodium. Like, again, that's, that's acute. It's probably not what they need for long-term or chronic conditions. I mean, it could be, but it takes time to really, like I say, take their case, sit down and listen to their story so that the potency, even if you hit the right remedy, very often it's not the right potency. And like I say, that, that's a, that has to be a full case intake with medical history and things like that. And so I'm thinking, how can I talk to people and explain to them they have to take charge of their own health? A simple little pill, you know, a quick fix, a colon cleanse, you know, all those things help us to have a well-rounded digestion. But ultimately, we need to take charge. We have to take a step backwards and say, what's going on? Yes, I'm living a very fast-paced life here. It doesn't go well with my digestion because I'm eating too many fast foods, not enough fresh stuff. And guess what? I'm not sitting down relaxing while I eat my meal. So let's just talk about what it is that makes good digestion. Traditional Chinese medicine is basically the oldest medicine known to man. It goes all the way back to Hippocrates and Aristotle and basically common sense, okay? (laughs) Eat good, fresh food, lightly steamed or cooked, and sit down and relax and eat. Eat with those you love. Eat in a setting that's conducive to good digestion. James Tyler Kent used to say, sit down with a, you know, a, 
have your meal and then have something warm to drink along with it whether it be a cup of tea or a cup of coffee a cup of warm milk a cup of warm milk actually raw milk we've talked about this so many times set out half an hour prior to eating excellent to help digestion and warm coffee and warm tea something warm along with the meal actually that doesn't that make sense because it warms up the the food as well so you you not don't have that all the extra work to heat up the food along with digesting it and the main thing is is just to sit down and relax and eat and don't eat too much how many times we're like we're in a hurry it's like oh I'm not gonna be able to eat for a long time so we eat too much thinking that that's going to help us go a longer time without eating and in reality it just upsets the entire digestive tract we don't get the nourishment out of the food that we could if we just had a smaller amount my grandma used to say uh, you should eat five times a day instead of three and by five or six times a day have a half a piece of toast and a cup of tea and you know <laughs> I always think about the hobbits you know what is it second breakfast you know <laughs> whatever it's true we should eat smaller amounts and then eat more often and so so many times we say oh I'm not hungry so we don't eat in the morning then we get hungry at noon we eat too much and we should always basically force ourselves to eat a small breakfast that actually speeds up the metabolism and if you wake up and you're not hungry it actually nauseates you to think about eating and that can be a sign that your thyroid is kind of whacked out so let's just really stop and think about what we're gonna do think about tomorrow's meal think about you know taking your taking the meat out of the freezer or preparing tomorrow's meal today so that it can be done in an orderly fashion and plan those times to sit down with your family and eat like I said today's day and age we're not even all home together at the same time it's a very sad state of affairs and I'm preaching to the choir here because my life is so different than it used to be and I'm still trying to adjust and I told the kids I says the main my main object is that we have family time and that family time should be a meal it should be reading together it should be talking and chatting quietly and yet we don't set that that time aside we all have plenty of time to run to games and and sports events and watch football on TV and we have all sorts of time for extracurricular activities that are out and about in the world but how many times do we sit down with our family which is the most important thing in our lives like I said and to enjoy good food or drink that is such a blessing just a blessing just to sit and enjoy each other and of course food is complements everything right especially if it's good food food that's been prepared with love I know even at the store I've been I make my soups or whatever in the morning and baking bread baking bread is like my favorite thing in the whole world to do I used to get up with my dad on Saturday mornings when I was younger that was his bread baking day and so I was be so proud so I'd go in the kitchen and of course this our kitchen window faced the east so we always had that bright sunshine coming in it was just so pleasant watching my dad knead this great big roll of bread dough it was so much fun anyway he taught me to bake bread quite well actually <laughs> and then after I became a mother I, I tried baking my own bread for a while and I kind of gave up because it's like I couldn't do it like dad so like I said I just kind of set it aside and then a few years later as my children were growing older I didn't want to be buying bread so I, I learned to make it and it took it took a few times and I'd call my dad literally in tears and he'd say well I'll just add more flour just you know whatever and 
So anyway, after a while, I kind of got it down pat. And actually, my daughter-in-law, she said, so you make the best bread. And she asked me for my recipe. I had to laugh. And I says, it's never the same twice. I don't follow a recipe. So she actually watched me one day. And I says, just don't ask me what the measurements are. So she just kind of guesstimated and wrote down a recipe. And she called it mother-in-law bread or something like that. Anyway, what I do do, though, is I would take on Monday morning, I always have a big bo- a big pot of organic whole rolled oatmeal. You know, I'd use whole rolled oats and I'd make a big pot of oatmeal so that the kids would all have oatmeal and then I would have extra. And then I would use that extra oatmeal to add to my bread dough that I had started the night before. So I would soak all my whole my whole grain wheat flour overnight with just a liquid. And then I would add the oatmeal and the rest of the ingredients in the morning and I'd make like 10 loaves a week. You know, I'd make 10 loaves Monday morning. It sounds like a lot, but when you have eight, nine kids at home and, you know, in you homeschool, <laughs> so you're eating three meals a day at home, then it that bread would be gone by the end of the week. I would put a couple loaves in the freezer, but the rest of it would always keep well in the refrigerator. Anyway, the point of that is that the bread was made with love. And when you're giving of yourself to your family, they feel that love, you know, and it, whether it be making stir fry or your own homemade pasta noodles or just whatever you're doing, your family responds to that, that warmth, that that's important. That's very important to who we are as a family, that we, we spend that time. And once in a while, you'll get a kid in the, in the family that really loves cooking or one that really loves baking. Expound upon their talents and help them. And, and that's how the, we all work together. But back to the digestion, all of those things helps with our digestion because when we feel warm and fuzzy on the inside <laughs> we're healthier okay we're much healthier and this is kind of off the track of digestion but it's not because I actually had to stop and think about this because somebody asked me uh, a woman who has cancer um, she's going through some treatments and she says Sue she says you have your diploma in naturopathy and you teach others how to use homeopathic remedies and things like that. What do you think is the most important thing for someone like me? And I had to stop and think about it and I I really I really had to put words to what I was feeling. So I says to her, I says, well, the only reason that I took my naturopathy course was because I needed the official anatomy class for my certification in homeopathy. So I have to say I'm really happy that I studied my naturopathy. I says because it gave me a very it gave me a deeper look and a deeper understanding of the physiology and the anatomy of man. And they also learned the suggested treatments for certain life-threatening diseases in naturopathy. And I believe that it has given me a deeper understanding of the basic nutritional needs of man and beast. Because <laughs> oddly enough, you can't really separate the two. Obviously, we have different foods, but we still have the same nutritional needs. I also am thankful for the extra herbal and mineral treatments that I've learned through naturopathy because those things are very basic and very important. And I was really happy that I had studied homeopathy prior to my naturopathic studies because I seem to absorb certain things a little more clearly just because of the, you know, my study of disease. I think that I was able to understand some of the treatments in naturopathy a little bit more deeply. And it gave me a picture of the whole man. So then if you stop and think about it, it's like the mind, the body, and the spirit. The state of disease and the speed and the cause of the, of the effects upon the victim. So I guess 
In answer to her question, naturopathy and homeopathy are really inseparable because you have to understand the whole person in order to treat them, okay? So it's the whole man, the mind, the body, and the spirit. You have to understand the state of his disease, its cause, speed, and effect upon the victim, and the course of action in which to stop that progression of the disease, with or with the hope of at least disease regression. I see that the naturopathy is the basic understanding of the anatomy and physiology of man, both of which falls under the second person of man's being. Homeopathy uses this understanding of the body to complete the whole picture of disease. Man is mind, body, and spirit, made in the image and likeness of God. Three separate persons, one God. Man, too, is separate and distinct, and cannot, but cannot be separated. In homeopathy, man's language, his story, so to speak, makes clear his mind. His symptoms make clear his body. And when these two are understood, this paves the way for healing, true healing, so that he may once again have a healthy spirit. St. Benedict taught that if you want to know a man, listen to him but for five minutes, and he will give away his heart. When I do case-taking, I'm not St. Benedict. It takes a couple hours. And the same, any good homeopath will tell you the same thing. And I'm going to plug in a name here because this is really, really important. We have classical homeopathy. And again, classical homeopathy has not been set aside. It's been amplified. By that, I mean there's a doctor from India, Rajan Sankaran, who in 1995 put out his first book. And basically, it was called his sensation method. That sensation method is basically the same exact thing that St. Benedict taught over a thousand years ago. To listen to a man, and he will give away his heart. To listen to a man, he'll tell you the remedy he needs. Truth does not pass away. It only finds a different avenue of exposure. So for people today, we don't have, we don't have the wisdom of St. Benedict, who is the master of human nature. But we do have the method of homeopathy. And anyone can learn it to a certain extent. They can learn it for the acute. And that's what I'm always trying to teach. When I travel around the country, I have this crash course that I try to teach caregivers how to use homeopathy and what to look for. What are the key points of each particular remedy for acute use? How do I learn this sensation method? There are certain remedies that are so key that you would never use them if those sensations weren't present. And that's what I, I try to teach people. And even when we're talking about digestion, good health, all of these things, it all comes together so easily if you just stop and think about it. So many people say, oh, Sue, this is so overwhelming. And I can remember being there too. I, I would study by the hour and I just felt like I was getting nowhere. But at the same time, I had, I had to try and bring all this together because I couldn't find one place where it was all put together for me. And so that's what I've tried to do with homeopathy for mommies. And I still have people say, okay, I have your book. I still don't understand it completely. So that's why the classes are really nice because I'm able to go around and I'm able to say, okay, what are your questions? Let's talk about that. I teach them how to use the book. And, you know, even on the, this show here, I'm not teaching how to use the book as much as I would like to. We do have a, I did do a 10 CD course that walks you through their book and teaches you how to use it. What is homeopathy? How do I use it? And about each remedy, the things, the key points of each remedy and how to learn to use them. So we did, I did do that and I'm hoping to have it up here soon on the website. But in the meantime, <laughs> you know, I, I just want people to understand that we can't separate our persons. And our whole life, everything we do has to be directed towards God, of course, 
and it has to make sense. If you see a contradiction in something you're doing, then it's an untruth. So eating on the run, not eating good foods, well sure you might get away with it for a little while, but eventually you're going to be in a state of disease because your body, everything has to be the way God designed it. And all those old saying, all those old wives tales, there's so much, there's so truth to everything that we used to hear when we were kids. There's so much truth in all of them. And even the old, you know, nursery rhymes and things like that, there's so much truth in them. They were written for children to teach a truth. And we just think we can just discount all of that stuff and and not listen to it. Well, we have to listen to it because if we want to be healthy again, we have to get back to the basics. We have to stop eating additives. We have to stop eating the pesticides and the toxins that are being sprayed on our foods. Because even our children, I, I, I do a lot of prenatal study when I'm you know, going through my the course of my, my study. I'll, I'll get sidetracked. I'll be studying a particular case, <laughs> somebody's health issue, and I'll see some, a tangent. I'll get off on a tangent and I'll start a whole different line of, of research. And I have to like literally pin up what I was doing before so that I don't lose track of what I was doing because I go off on these tangents. But they're just, they're just roads that lead you to a different, a different illness that's one and the same, basically. And so and then you start tying all that together, and it's just so amazing. I just love it. It's like I used to read Agatha Christie novels when I was in fifth grade. I know, I know, isn't that ridiculous? But I loved Agatha Christie because I loved the mystery. I, I, she, in Agatha Christie books, she always gives you every clue that you need to solve this mystery. And, of course, some of them were so scary I, couldn't, I could hardly get through them, and I, so I couldn't really focus on gathering the clues. But as I got older... I was almost always able to figure out her books before I got to the end. And it was the, oh, I just loved her mysteries. So then when I started studying homeopathy, to me it was the perfect mystery because all the clues are there. All you have to do is figure them out. And uh, so I just love it. But back to the digestion, I actually wanted to make this kind of a two-part show because there's just too much to talk about. As far as actual, you know, digestive issues... If you study the traditional Chinese medicine, I mean, you can go online and you can study the tongue map and you can study all sorts of different things. Again, that's all useful information because they're all just different ways of coming to the same truth. So you can study the tongue, you can study all, you can study the feet, are there problems with particular organs, you can study the hands, the eyes, the teeth. All of these things point to possible digestive issues that are actually long-term and chronic. And... With homeopathy, obviously, we study the language. So when someone sits down and they say to me, I have trouble digesting fats, for instance, I'll say, why don't you tell me about that? You know, we sit down and we start talking and I start taking notes. Before you know it, we'll have the whole full case. And by that I mean their story goes beyond just the inability to digest fats, for instance. And they might have fears. They might have separation issues or whatever but one remedy will cover their entire picture. And that's why I say, you know, if you have chronic issues, seriously, go find a good homeopath that can listen to your story, that can actually put all of those issues into one remedy picture. Obviously, today we have such a complicated remedy picture for so many people. I mean, we could, very few people actually come with a chronic issue and they haven't been on drugs at one point or another. So, people will come in and like I said and they'll say they have thyroid issues or they're on antidepressants or whatever and they'll say um so are you on thyroid medication as well and they'll go oh yeah how'd you know <laughs> because they go hand in hand 
You know, when, when we're not feeling well, we tend to be, feel depressed, things like that. But anyway, to get the whole, the whole picture, it's not something that's just done really, really quickly. It's something that takes a lot of, it's something that takes a couple hours, hour and a half, two hours, three hours, whatever it takes. That homeopath will sit down and they'll listen to your story until they're confident that you've gone full circle and they know your health issues. And in traditional Chinese medicine, you know, the, the, the old saying, you are what your guts are. There's so much truth to that because our moods, everything we think, say, and do literally revolves around our stomach and what's going on with our digestion. That sounds really, really weird, but it's so true because of the bacteria. And that's why I say I want to make it a two-part a two-part show because I wanted to talk about the different types of bacteria in the body. And and this is nothing really, really new. I mean, there's some doctors, there's Patterson and Bach and all these doctors from days gone by. You can do your own research. It's very, very interesting. But the thing is, is they started studying the bacteria, the fecal matter, the bacteria that's present in the intestinal tract. They started studying all these things. And just like everything else, you know, everything is a correlation. You know, people. a lot of people like to say, oh, do you study the blood types? I think it's so interesting. I'm an A, and I can't digest this, or I really do good on that. Oh, I'm an O, and I like this, and I like that. Or, you know, I'm an A, B, or whatever. And they really get into that. And that's wonderful. I mean, that's it's very interesting. That's a study in itself. Because all of these things do factor into who we are, what we're about, what we do well on, what we don't do so well on. And so when you go in deeper into the internal, into the, into the stomach, the things that we're putting into our bodies, the things we can't, the things we can change, our blood type we can't change. That is who we are. Yes, it's a huge reflection upon our personality or the things that we like or don't like, but we can't change that. Okay. So I tend to like to focus on things that we can change, things that we do have, you know, a little control over. So as far as our, the bacteria in our stomachs, in today's day and age, the main issue with most of the populace is the fact that they've been on drugs or antibiotics. I say drugs. I, I'm, I'm not talking like um, street drugs. <laughs> I don't know. I know a little bit about those, but even that's changed since I was in high school and I used to hear all the kids talk about these things. But I'm talking the pharmaceutical drugs. Okay, they can do grave danger to the body if the circumstances are not just right or if it's we've been misdiagnosed or if there's conflicting drugs being taken and things like that I have a, a, a practitioner friend he keeps saying you think it's okay don't you sue if, if if you know antibiotics are used for this condition or that condition or if other medicines are used for something I says absolutely I says there's a time and a place for everything especially if it's a critical situation that you can't get your ha- get a handle on with homeopathic remedies or something else I says absolutely we can always clean up the body later we need medical doctors we we even need some of these drugs that are out there we really really do not to suppress but there are certain things that are used to heal and uh, well, I say there's not a single pharmaceutical drug intended to actually heal or cure anyone, but they actually can get a handle on certain situations in a critical period of time. So I'm not saying that I'm not in favor of any of them ever, because like I say, we have to be reasonable. Anyway, so he's always asking me, you do believe in that, don't you, Sue? <laughs> and, he, and so yes, but the bacteria inside of our 
stomach has been very much damaged by some of the things we've been exposed to though like I said whether it be drugs or whether it be bad foods or whether it be dead foods that have allowed bad bacteria to actually start to thrive things like that and most of the time I can honestly say it's our lack of good food it's our lack of fermented foods that has caused us more damage than anything because if even if we are on antibiotics and even if we're on foods that are not like super, super healthy or um, super rich in nutrients, if we would still be eating our fermented foods and some of the things that we would just try to incorporate into our bodies through our meals and at regular intervals, then our body would be able to compensate for some of the things it's exposed to that aren't good, okay? So, um, and like I said, one of those things is actually the fermented sauerkraut, the fermented cucumbers, like the old-fashioned pickle, barrel pickle. People will come into my store. I actually do carry the refrigerated sauerkraut, refrigerated pickles in my store now. And what's the difference between canned sauerkraut and the refrigerated sauerkraut or the fresh kraut that was made in the crock? I didn't even understand this until a few years ago. And a really good friend of mine explained it. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's why when my dad used to make this stuff, that's why it tasted so good. (laughs) Okay, but what happens is... They make the sauerkraut in these big, huge vats, and then they shove it in a jar or a can, and then they heat process it so that it's all the enzymes are dead anyway. You still get the flavor, but the enzymes are dead. And so my friend had given me this recipe, and I think I may have shared it with you, about you just shred the cabbage and the salt, and you, and you put it in, and you can let it sit for a few hours. Then you put it in the jars, and it will bubble and burp in the jars, even with the lid on. And then it'll eventually, after about six weeks, it'll seal itself. Then those enzymes are still alive. That lactobacillus that is the bacteria that caused that cabbage to ferment. It's the same bacteria that causes like the cucumbers to ferment. And as long as you don't heat treat those, they will keep, oh my goodness, literally indefinitely in the refrigerator. Now, if they're put in the jar and then allowed to ferment inside the jar, then it's sealed anyway and it's, they're still alive. The, the bacteria is still alive. And we can eat that. It's delicious. And we're replenishing our bodies. Like I said, I, I think I touched on this, but the inside of our tes- intestinal tract is like the inside of the woman's uterus. That needs to be rich with lactobacillus, much like the uterus needs to be rich with the endometrium for the baby to implant, and the inside of the intestinal tract needs to be rich with lactobacillus so that the acidophilus, the bifidus, and other healthy bacteria that helps to digest our foods are rich inside that intestinal tract as well. Now, the funny thing is, is when Dr. Patterson and some of these other homeopathic doctors or medical doctors actually and naturopaths and when they study the bacteria of the fecal matter from people there's only like seven give or take main bacteria that they find in in different people and depending on that dominant bacteria it's a huge reflection on that person's life their their mind because like I said we are what our guts are and our guts our direct reflection upon how we feel about ourselves, about other people. Are we in a state of health? Are we in a state of frenzy? Are we in a state of anxiety? All of these things, it's a reflection of, upon our gut flora. So in our next show, we're going to start, we're going to start talking about that and we're going to become f- more familiar with the main types of bacteria the gut flora that people have and and it's like I say it's going to take it'll take me another half hour or so but I I just I'm only touching on this I'm not going to like give you the answers to everything but at least you'll have a little bit of 
knowledge as to what's really going on and what kind of bacteria or a weakness that we may or may not have and what can we do about that how can we how can we try to get ourselves straightened out and so we will talk about this some more in our next show thank you so I'll let you go and may God bless you and yours Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.